Lord, we love you, and we just say thank you for your kind presence with us this morning. Just ask Holy Spirit that you'd anoint this time together as a family. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your great faithfulness over our lives, over our families, over everything we put our hand to, God. We thank you. Father of glory, would you release light in our spirit this morning as we open your word up, as we sit at your feet and lean back into the presence of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Josh and Ashley and girls. That was good. Come on. Yeah, give them a hand. Come on. Nothing wrong with clapping. Let's go. How's everybody doing? Good to see everybody. I'm getting used to this. Usually there's an aisle right here, so if I look at you, it's no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, good. I know most of you. If you don't know me, my name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors, leaders here at the House of Prayer, and we're excited to be together. Um, I have a word that I'm going to share uh, today that is um, pretty dear to my heart. Before I go into that, um, I just want to say that I sat here, <clears throat> I think it was Friday morning, I had a meeting canceled, and uh, I'm supposed to be on a Zoom call next door. How many of y'all don't like Zoom like me? I'm like... Now, if it means I don't have to drive up north and to Tallahassee for a meeting, then all day long I'll zoom in. But I, I love face-to-face. And um, if you've been a part of this community for quite some time, or whether you're, you're just starting, if you've been a part of it, though, I'm going to talk to you for a moment. Um, we're going to dive in today. We're going to spend a little time with prayer. Um, it's interesting. We have four and a quarter acres and a beautiful paid-off, full-blown paid-off property, everything. Not, we don't owe a dime on any of this. That's, that is something that we clearly know. If you know the history, the prophetic history of this place, it's pretty ridiculous. I think we're on year 13. We're coming up on that. I stand corrected, Josh, if I'm wrong. I think it's 13, right? It's something like that. Good Lord, help me. 15, see? I'll be, I'll be here 10 years, and I think it's April, my wife and I. And so um, I'm just looking at... W- the Lord, this was his idea. It wasn't like Penny and David, who, by the way, are not here, uh, unfortunately. Uh, Penny's mom is very um, ill, and so you can be praying for the rich wines. Um, she possibly back this week, but continued to be praying for her mother. Um, but it's Penny and David and, and others that have been a part of this place for a long time didn't have some rad idea, and let's go get a building. And it was more the Lord initiated what's happening. And if he initiates something and starts it, he clearly finishes it. And for many of you, you've probably wondered, you know, why aren't we open every Sunday? And why aren't we, what are the, the dynamics and when is this going to happen? And I want to say this, that um, we've, we've been praying on and off hard over this for a year and a half of what is the next step of where we go. I'm not making any big announcements, so if you're holding your breath, don't breathe. Lean back. Um, but anyway, that being said, I took a picture and I sent it to a handful of people. I took a picture from the back of this blank room, and I took a picture of the, the back acreage, and I'm like, surely, Lord, you didn't, you didn't create this place to have a bunch of dust. Now, we, if you know, we do have prayer meetings. This is an active place throughout the week, but there, we've hardly touched Fort Pierce. We've hardly touched you know, a couple hundred yards down the road, um, and I've been excited with the faithfulness that I have seen in this room 
by God building this. But I want to say this, and I want to invite you before I jump into this, uh, to truly be asking with you and your spouse, if you're married, and, and your kids, and whether you are or you're not, what, what is the Lord saying? Not, God, give ad hoc leadership direction. No, this is, this is our place. If you're here, it's, it's, you know this ain't a one-man show. This is, this is the, the place that the Father has given us, and we want to steward it well. And we have, there's a lot of ideas. How I many you know ideas are great, but they're not awesome unless they're God ideas, right? There's a lot of things we can do. What I don't want to do is build a program over presence, if that makes sense. We can easily recruit and start putting people on X, Y, and Z, but I, want, I really want us to hear from the Lord. And so as a team, on behalf of our leadership team, I want you to know we're diligently seeking the Lord over this. I am, if I'm dead honest with you, I'm mad. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm, I'm not mad, even mad at God. I'm disgruntled in my spirit because I want answers. I want, I want to know, God, I want to reach the lost in a way that we haven't yet. I want to see this room filled with your glory because that's why you gave it to us. I want to see whatever you want to do with that four and a quarter acres to facilitate the glory of God for young men and women to be discipled, saved, and transformed. I want to see it. I mean, and if you don't, you know, this probably isn't the right place for you, right? This is what, this is what it's all about. And so that being said, I'm going to take some time at the very end. We'll pray. But I, I, was, I literally almost, I'm not going to do this, but I was like, I almost wanted us to walk outside and just stare at it for a minute. That would have been a little weird in the middle of a sermon, but I'm, we're not going to do that. But I want us to have some ownership. It's not like, oh, well, that's just Chris and Penny and them at the, at the hop. They, they're, they're leading it, so whatever God wants to do, I'll just be a part of it. I appreciate that. But when you look at the church and what we're designed to do, it's not, it's not a handful of people. It's, it is, it's his people. And so if you're here, you matter. If you're here, your voice matters in the spirit to begin to contend for what God wants to do because it's unfinished. I promise you that. I promise you we just didn't labor for 15 years so that we can encourage a handful of people. I love small. I love discipleship. I'm not, I'm not asking that we become a mega church, but what I am asking is there's people going to hell a couple hundred yards down the road from every which direction that have never graced the property, and that troubles me. There's kids that we have in our, in our ministry with Fellowship of Christian Athletes that were on campuses all over Fort Pierce and not, even, not to mention beyond. And the stories that we hear, and you guys have heard them, they're waiting to encounter love. And I just don't know yet. I, I'm sensing, God, you're not done. I think I didn't, I wrote in a text message, it's not the calm before the storm, it's the calm before something really picks up and God's going to do something. So um, you might have heard us say that before. I'm not promising anything, but what I am saying is that every person's voice in the spirit matters contending what God's going to do on this property and beyond. Siri's listening. Let me get Siri saved. She creeps on my conversation sometimes. Anybody ever have that? I hate that. Anyway, <clears throat> they're all listening. The government just heard. All right, here we go. I'm going to turn. Is anybody hot in here or is it just me? Can we turn the air down? Is that possible? If you're cold, you can throw stones at me. It'll be fine. I got a fan now. I'm okay. When I first moved here, no, I was visiting Elise's family, and I'm from up north. And, like, if you're up from up north, you sleep when it's, like, freezing, right? So uh, I think the Greens are still paying their utility bill from the night that I put the air conditioning at 68. That was the last time I ever did. That's like up north if you're like people come from down south and they put the heat at like in the upper 70s. You know what my dad used to say to me as a kid? I'm like, it's freezing in here. He's like, suck it up, put a sweater on. <laughs> so anyway, I, 
I'm, I'm done with my rabbit trails. Um, let's go, let's open the book, uh, the, your Bible's up to John 10. Lord, we pray for clarity on this word. We ask that it would land in our hearts today to provoke us in Jesus' name. I'm going to summarize my sermon right now, and I'm going to go through it and summarize it again. I truly believe he's inviting us, and I want to be careful how I say this, to really pick a side. To pick a side in our convictions, to pick a side in, uh, in our thought lives, in our decision making, everything that we do. What side are you really on? You're either for him or you're against him. You know the middle ground belongs to the devil. There's no like, well, you know, brother, it's not that bad. Right? We know that. If it's not, I've ever heard, I hear teenagers say, well, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that bad. No, it's, it's, there's no middle ground. How many of you know that the Lord has a standard that he's invited us to walk in, right? And when we don't walk in it, it doesn't work. And then we get disgruntled because it's like the power of God's not working, but really it's like he's not going to give the keys to the truck to someone that can't ride a tricycle, right? And so that being said, <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend a few minutes on a few scriptures. The thief comes, John 10, 10. You guys know this all so well. Jesus giving the analogy of the good shepherd and the thief. The thief comes only to steal. I want you to get this, only. He only comes. The devil is only active for these three purposes. To steal, to kill, and destroy you. He hates human life. He hates anything that has to do with God. We're obviously made in his image. He, his sole purpose is to disturb your life, to make it awful to make you not want to choose God, to create division between you and your spouse or relationships, to get bitter, to have anything that, that doesn't represent God. He wants that in your life so that you can be separated for, from God forever because he hates God. We know the story. He only comes to steal from you. He only comes to try and kill you and ultimately destroy you. And how many of you know, it's like, well, if he kills me, I'll be in heaven. No, he's talking about a type of killing that would totally remove you for forever from God that would be a man or a woman or a young child in here that would turn on God and never come back that's the type of killing he wants because it says to destroy which means to do away with <clears throat> so I want you to think about this because this is critical in this time that we're living in and then and then Jesus comes back and he's like all right y'all take a deep breath because here I come I have come that they may have life and have it to the full which means that which was stolen from the garden I've come to restore it back to the fullness so we have the craziest great divide here. We have one end of the spectrum here, and then all the way we have life and death. And really what we're looking at is a killer versus a life giver. We have to know that our, the one that is against us wants no part of us, and that which he promises us never delivers. So the sin that so easily entangles that it talks about in Hebrews 12, he's the writer of Hebrews saying, get untangled and get caught in the fix of the eyes of Jesus, right? And you might say, Chris, well, I'm not really, I'm a 
pretty good, above-reproached person. I don't struggle with a lot of the big sins you might talk about. <clears throat> and I, I truly believe, remember the scripture, a little bit of leaven goes through the whole bread. An ounce of sin, a, a little flake or speckle of sin, can totally intoxicate your being with him. And we have to understand that, because whatever you feed yourself with will affect you. We know that by food in general, but we also know that, but whatever comes in your eye gate, Matthew chapter 6, will determine the health of your being. So if it's light, Jesus says, that light is very big. But if it's darkness, how great is that darkness? Do you understand? And I want, to, I want us to get this because if we don't get up every day and make a hard stand, not just for truth, not for freedom, not for, I appreciate, you know, everybody wanting our country to go in the right direction. But really what we need, that's a, that's a byproduct. Going in the right direction is a byproduct of a man or a woman, a child, being in love with their maker. Because when you're in love with the maker, King Jesus, you don't go left or right when it's really easy to be tempted and to compromise. And, and I'm, I'm troubled right now because, goodness gracious, I moved here 10 years ago and it felt like 10 minutes ago. And I'm troubled because my 30s are almost over. And I'm not, I love getting old, I don't care. I'm getting grayer every day, it's awesome, I love it. I don't mind it one bit. I'm not looking to go dye my hair and try to be 20. I, I mean, if you dye your hair, no, no, no big deal. But what I'm, but what I'm saying, <laughs> promise you, it's okay. Care, no, I'm mainly saying for, for, you know, I'm speaking to my guys in here um, that are, ladies, you do your thing, that's all good. What'd you say? No. If you know me, you know me, all right? Like, you know my heart, y'all. So if you think I'm hating on you, I'm not. But what I'm saying is I've embraced the fact that I'm getting older. And if you're offended, I'm sorry. I really, I love you. And I'll pay for you to go dye your hair. I'm kidding. <laughs> what I'm saying is that we really need to, we need to look and realize a minute ago, you parents in here didn't have kids. A minute ago, I was saying yes to my wife, which was like over 13 years ago. And in a minute, my kids are going to graduate and so, and, and so on and so forth. And you older parents in here that have, like, you're like, whoa, we remember being your age, 38, a minute ago. We got one shot at this. One shot. I was talking to a high school kid last night. One of our own, locally, moved. Love this kid. One of my, just, not supposed to have favorites, but man, this kid would run through a wall for Jesus. And his mom called me and said, hey, you know, he's kind of dealing with some things. And I said, hey, I'd love to chat with him. I'm on the phone for 50 minutes. I looked at my clock last night. I had my headphones in, lifting weights, and I'm on the phone. It was great, great conversation. And I just remember saying, hey, bud, you got one shot at high school. You got one shot to make a difference. And if I knew an ounce of what I know now when I was a teenager, man, I would have done it different. I would have lived so different. Because young people, for, for a minute, I'll say this to you, we just, young, we just want to have fun, and we want to do what's fun. And, and let, listen, he's the fullness of joy. It says in Psalm 16 that his pleasures, at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. We need to redefine what fun looks like, and we need to redefine to seize the moment and realize that it can all be found in him, having a ton of fun without, without going off the deep end. So I say that because right now there's a killer that's after us called Satan that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and there's a life giver, and that life is life to the full, which means everything that is promised in Christ Jesus we can step into. 
And we'd say, oh, yeah, I get that. I've been, known that for years. But I want to ask you this morning, is that what we're walking in right now? The, <clears throat> the healing signs and wonders, how many of you know, isn't just made for a service. It's everyday life. It's not waiting for the hokey pokey, like, I got, got the Holy Spirit. I got the tingles, man. I, God's in the room. Great if he does that to you. How many of you know that God can... God has spoken so many times when I feel duller than dull, and he doesn't, he doesn't like look at, well, Chris hasn't read enough chapters today. He's looking for vessels that are awake. And right now, I want to challenge and encourage us to ask ourselves right now, what side am I on? Really? And let it hurt you. And if you can't feel it, I'm going to encourage you right now. Like I, I use the analogy all the time with athletes. You take a needle and you try to stick my callus, you're not going to feel it. Because I lift weights, and I have, I have a, you know, I've built up little mountains on my hands, and, it, and so if I get stuck, I'm not going to feel it. But if you ask my young son to come up and we stick him, he's going to scream because he doesn't lift weights. And so in that being said is where, and I'm not, this is not about lifting weights or not. This is a, a place of, is your perplexity to feel awake right now where you can get pricked and feel it? Because, you know, how many of you know that Romans 1 talks about God will give you over to your desire. If you want to sin a little bit, he's going to say, hey, rock and roll, pal, free will. Don't do it. Stupid. It's going to be a bad move. But he'll give you over to it because he's not going to run you like a robot. And he will give you over. So if you want sin, he'll give it to the umpteenth degree. But if you, here's, here's where I want to encourage us this morning. The little, the little, you know, Song of Solomon talks about catch us the little foxes that are stealing, that are spoiling. It might be, your thought life, it might be what you're doing with your money, it might be how <clears throat> you talk about people, it might be words you use when you stub your toe and no one's watching, and it's like, ah, it's no big deal, I just, you know, that's just something I deal with, you know? He wants your full being, he wants to possess every ounce of your being. It might be when someone does something around you that, like, you're like, oh, why did they do that? Instead of you calling somebody and saying, can you believe what they just did? Instead of being like, God, what's going on in their life that I can be a help for them right now? Because how many of you know people don't wake up and decide to choose, I'm going to make bad decisions today? No, no one ever does that. There's a handful of people that are fully out there that might. But a good-hearted Christian person is not looking to go sell themselves and make poor decisions. And so <clears throat> here's, where, here's where we're at right now, and here's where I'm challenged, is that we have one shot at this. And, and the Lord, as I was prepping this week, the Lord is just speaking to me, is that, I mean, literally, we're going to wake up one day, and we're going to stand before God. What, you know, whether we live a full life, or the Lord takes us home earlier, we're going to have a, a meeting, an appointment with Him. I don't, want to, I don't want to have a regretful conversation with the Father. I don't know about you. Oh, Chris, man, you started a bunch of FCA huddles and a bunch of kids, but like, you kind of forgot about me. You kind of forgot how to sit at my feet and you know, the dynamic when you just would play in a room with no one in here, and I sat here literally just like this on Friday, no one's in here waiting for another meeting to come up, and I'm like, man, this is my, I grabbed my guitar, <clears throat> and I, I just began to think, and I just like, Lord, I don't even know if I played it, I just had it right there with me, and how many of you know, like, the reason I'm here today is because of that thing right there. I grabbed that thing when I was 22, and the Lord's like, I want you to sing to me. I didn't know how to play it. I was, I was a baseball player. It was like it wasn't even in my, my family laughed at me, if I'm really honest. My, my sister was like, you can't sing. 
what do you do? Like, you know, what do you, you think? You know, like, they weren't mean, but I was like, what is he doing? And Chris is off. He, Chris drank something in his coffee. I was like, no, the Lord talked to me, and I'll, I'll jump off. I'll jump if he says jump. And in that, this is the reason, and I say the guitar, meaning it's the call to worship. This is the reason that I'm still here. It's not because of FCA and what I do with ministry and, oh, he's a leader and he can, I could give a rip. I'm here for one purpose, and that's to know him. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it to all of us. I mean, just, just having Josh and Ashley play, I don't know if, like, especially y'all that have been here for a long time, like, it's amazing. I mean, you guys are incredible. It's like I just wanted to get up there and I'm just like, can we just stay here? There's no drums, no bass, no keys, and it feels like a full-blown power to my spirit. I don't know if anybody else feels that, but every time they lead, that's just how it is. And, and so that's not, how many of you know that's not because they sit home and they're like, we got to nail this, we got to practice. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they run through stuff, but it's because it's the life they've chosen to live. If they get knocked down, they get back up. And when you carry that everywhere you go as your main source of life, it speaks multitudes. And so I'm going to ask us today, you might not play guitar, sing, or any of that, but where have you drawn the hard line in the sand that this is what I'm going to be no matter what in the grace of God? In the spirit, this is going to be my thing that I'm going to give to him, and it's going to start at his feet. So I want you to jump. Is this making sense? I want you to jump to Matthew 25. If it's not, we'll land the plane here in a little bit. All right. Matthew 25. Right after the story of the ten virgins. I love this. You guys are probably very familiar with it. Here's what we're going to do. verse 14 and again it will be like a man on a journey who's called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them to one he gave five bags of gold to another two bags and to another one bag according each according to his ability then he went on his journey and the man who received five bags of gold went at once to put his money to work and gain five more bags so also one with two bags of gold gained two more bags but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the servants returned and settled accounts with him. The man who had received five bags of gold brought back another five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See that I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two more... Um, <clears throat> Uh, bags of gold also came master he said you entrusted me with two bags of gold see i've gained two more his master said well done good and faithful servant you've been faithful with a few things i will put you in charge of many things come and share your with your master's happiness then the man who had received one bag of gold came master he said i knew that you were a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed so i was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground see here is what belongs to you? His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. See, you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that I return, I would have received it <clears throat> back with its interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has been given more than he then they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even then, what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a pretty intense story. Probably read it a million times. 
You know where I'm going with this. But I want you to, I'm going I'm to highlight something that as I was just diving into this, this is what the master with one who, who went away and just said, I'm hiding it. This was his mindset. I knew that you were a hard man. Harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid, catch that, I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here it is, what belongs to you. And then the master says, you wicked, lazy servant. So first off, I want you to catch this. You got three people in the mix, two that are like, let's go. You gave me two, I'm going to make it five, you know, I'm going to make it four. You gave me five, I'll make it ten. And then you got one guy that's like, this guy's crazy. I don't trust him. He's, he's harsh. I don't want to jack this up. I'm just going to go hide it. I'm going to go, it'll be fine. I'm going to be faithful with it. And I won't lose it. So when he comes back, at least I'll still have it. I'll do, I'll put a little down payment on called buried in the ground, right? But here's the, here's the kicker that we've got to grab onto is that, number one, the first two dudes have a pretty good mindset that, like, they, it's not just they understand how money works. If you just think it's about the money thing, then you missed it. It's that they understood the transfer over of power when it says, I'm giving you this. He said, now go multiply it. How many of you know that they took the mindset and said, I can, I can double that? Because they knew, number one, the, the one giving it, they didn't have a mindset that they were harsh. They had a mindset that it was like, all right, here we go. I'm going to get, take what you've given me, and I'm going to multiply it. The second guy, or the third guy we know, ultimately is he's stuck because he's too caught up on the master being harsh, so he protects himself. So as a result, <clears throat> we have to ask ourselves, where did we fit in this whole thing? Because you might be saying, well, you know, this is not about, how many know this story is not about money necessarily? Yes, you can do the practical side of money and investing. But this is a story about what's been given to you, what are you going to do? Because here's the deal. According to their gift mix and according to what they do, the master gave it to them. Notice how the master, he, when he looked, he, there was something wrong with that last guy. Because you could see the lack of faith. That's probably why he only gave him one. Right? Think about it for a second. And as a result, he hides it. And because he has a crooked view of God. And today, we've got to get an understanding of our... Because this is, yes, we have the, the steal, kill, and destroy versus life and life to the full. But we've got to figure out what team we're playing on. Just because you go to church and apart and you pray the prayer and you do devotions and you listen to worship song doesn't necessarily mean you know God. It means you're a part of something, right? Like, I, I'm, I, if I root for a football team and wear all their gear, like, you, I, you can... I can root for the Gators to win all day long, but how many of you know, like, ask me to name their full-blown, I don't really care that much, but I'd rather have them win than another team, right? How many of you know there's people out there right now that would rather, like, well, you know, rather than the crazy agenda out there of the left, I'm just going to stay conservative and, and God bless America, right? That's their down payment, that, that we know God's real, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're following him. Hello? You making sense? So... <clears throat> How many of you know most of America is right here right now? They're like, get crazy people out of office. That's the goal of America right now. And I'm just, I'm not, don't, don't hit me afterwards and be like, Chris, you're talking about politics. Honestly, I don't care. I'm just, this is a family meeting. Is that okay? Because this is not a politic thing. I'm talking about the state of our nation. Many people are, God bless America, but then living like hell and burying their one cent or burying their gold and saying, well, you know, I don't know about this whole God thing. I'm going all in would be a crazy thing. I'm not sure I want to do that, but I don't want that. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? They're burying the very gift of salvation because of fear. Because if they went all in, they might lose their friends. If they went all in, they may, whatever, be persecuted. But, but at, on the backside, they'll bury it enough to say, well, I don't like that crazy stuff going out there and that people telling me what to do and how to live my life. How many of you know that's not the agenda the Lord wants us to walk in? He wants us to take crazy risk. And again, this isn't about money. I want you to catch what he's trying to lay hold of. It's busting out of self-preservation and trying to bury to keep yourself sustainable instead of being all in and saying, hey, I'll take everything you've given me, reinvest it back into the kingdom, and then watch what you do with it. And so when you have that face-to-face one day, he's going to look at you and he's going to either say, well done, or he's not. It's not like, well... How many of you know with Jesus there is no middle ground? You shall love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Not with on Sunday mornings when it's convenient and when it's, when it, you know, when it's like, well, I should do a devotion because I got time and my coffee's warm. No, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Are we, are we getting this? Is this making sense? <laughs> and if it's not, <clears throat> shout me down, raise your hand. Because this is, I believe this is absolutely key. The question that I'm going to ask us, the next question I'm going to ask us is, because I said we got one shot at this, what are we doing with it? I'm troubled right now with what I'm doing with it. I'm troubled with areas that are just kind of dormant. What are we doing with it? Not the money you have, and that's part of it. Remember, this isn't about just money. This is about what are you doing according to each that he's given to you? Are you in or are you not? That's a hard, confronting question. I remember when I, when I decided to be literally, like I was in as a kid, but it was like, eh, you know, I, I was double-minded though. But when I decided to be fully in in college, the spiritual atmosphere, the warfare was like ridiculous. I was like, man, I like said a prayer and It's like hitting a fang. Like, there's a real spirit war. And I was like, Ephesians 6 must be for real. I was like, yeah, I guess there is. Because I began to realize that the devil didn't like me. And every time I stepped out, like, I'd feel something. I'm like, what is And I'm not a demon behind every door guy. You guys know me. I'm not like, the devil, the devil, we got to bind him before we start. No, we need to love Jesus. Because if Jesus is around, the devil can't. You understand what I'm saying? So we've got to, I remember this, though, when I made... Some, some like foot in the, you know, draw the line in the sand things in my life that it began to increase. We have to understand that a lot of times I'll hear Christians be like, well, it's just God refining me. Like, maybe, or maybe the devil just hates you. And you don't actually take the sword out and swing it because you're sitting down being like, you know, life's just hard and God's disciplining me. And maybe he is, but maybe what if like, the devil doesn't really like you, and you got to stand and sing a little louder, and you got to stand and fight for your kids, and fight for the diagnosis and whatever's being thrown over you and your family, and being like, it's not going to happen in the name of Jesus, and, uh, and because there is power in the words and what you agree with and what you say. Do we understand this? This is, and, and this is all going to land, so don't worry, but we've got to understand that when he gives to you, which he's given to every single person in this room, we got one shot at it. And I, all I know is that I don't want to stand before him and be like, Chris, you kind of like live for yourself, but you were like the good Christian guy. I don't want to live without authority. 
Demons aren't moved by pulling out a little jackknife and just kind of quoting a quick scripture. You guys know that, I think, I forget where it's, it's in Acts. Paul, we know, such and such we know, but like, who are you? Isn't that the sons of, uh, yeah, that's a crazy story. Sons of Sceva, yeah, if you want to read that for, how's that for theology? Seriously, though. And like, oh, that's the New, that was just the New Testament when the power of the Spirit was extra heavy. It's not like that as much. No, it's real right now. And how you're losing and not seeing that is there, there is calluses over our eyelids and over our being that often we don't feel because we don't really want to feel. If we're really honest, we just want to have our cake and eat it too. And have our, you know, little devotion and just, and again, I love the devotions, don't miss what I'm saying, but to be all in is to be spiritually awake in everything. When it's like, when your kid starts acting up instead of trying to fix your kid, figure out what's going on with them. Hello, Right? When, when it hits the fan at work, figure out what's going on. We have to know that there's a real enemy shooting at us in the spirit. And if we're not fully in, we're going to get numb to sleep. And before you know it, we're taking our very thing and we're burying it. So what are we doing with what he's entrusted us? How, do we, how are we viewing? That's, that's the next question I want to ask is how are we viewing him right now? Is he really that good to us? Or was he good in that past season and we just kind of got dormant? And now we're like, yeah, you know, thanks God for the food and you bless my family, everything's going to be good. Or do we, are we viewing him as the harsh one that mostly puts up with us? And so moving forward, we've got to be fully engaged. Because right now, I'm not going to have you turn there, but I'm going to reference Ephesians 6. I truly believe Paul wrote it because it's a big deal. It is a really big deal for us to know that the armor of God is not an option. It is who we, what we wear everywhere we go. We don't take it off. The only way you take off the armor of God is if you want to go play in the world. Because the armor of God is weighty. The armor of God costs something to actually say, I'm not going to live for me, I'm going to live for him. And as we do that, there's, an, there's a protection. We know that even through all throughout the Old, Old Testament and into the New. About God's protection and his favor on those that love him. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. How many of you know you've seen things and God protect you and do things that you're like, dude, I should have been a dead man, right? And it's because praying parents and grandparents and people, remember going down a street when I was like eight years old on roller skates at my cousin's house, and all of a sudden I couldn't stop, and there's a really fast road right through the stop sign, car coming, and literally should have been a dead man. And I remember my whole life flashes before my eyes, and I'm like, I could have died right there. But how many of you know that timing's everything? How many of you know that car that almost missed you and you stopped and that red light was running? He's just like, how did that happen, God? You're nuts. He's a really good father. Your little weak, insecure prayers matter to him. And we've got to get it. I'm not, I know I'm intense right now, and I'm not trying to yell at you. But I want us to get this because if we don't, we'll just cruise control it because God's blessing me. Finances are good. Things are good. You know, God will always work it out. You're taking your one talent and burying it because it feels good. And you're not sure if going all in really is going to be worth it to you. It's a mindset of how we view God. We've got to get to the place that's healthy. <clears throat> so in Ephesians 6, we know Paul makes it really clear. Most of our frustration is flesh and blood. Do we realize that? Most of our, ugh, throughout the day, it's a flesh and blood. Like we see it, it's like that person did this or why are the gas prices so high? Ugh, like, just cost 90 bucks to fill my tank. Ugh, it's like, really? Is that really our war? Seriously. 
Is it really our war to fix it? Because how many of you know, like, if America gets their next guy in in, in three years from now, how many of you know we're still going to have a lot of problems, right? Solving the gas prices and inflation and, yeah, don't get me wrong, I don't like it either, but I want us to think about what is our issue? What's our main issue? Our main issue isn't who's sitting in the president's seat right now. Our main issue is our own, who are we pledging our allegiance to right now? And if we realize that it's not a physical fight right now, it's a spiritual one over an abortion clinic that just happens to remain open where we murder babies every day, right here, right down the street. And we're we're really okay with it. I know we're not okay with it, but we're still doing life. Over, I can name a million things right now where we're like, we're actually probably more okay with it happening than we perceive ourselves. Yes, we all hate it, but we're kind of like, well, but I truly believe the, the, the fight isn't so much. Now, I appreciate you can stick a piece of tape and go life and pray and, and say, you know, we'll save some mama's babies for sure. And I, I love that. But how I many you know the fight isn't trying to talk someone out of doing something as much as it is winning a war in the spirit that people come under conviction? There's certain things I won't even touch with teenagers when I talk to them, like topics I won't touch on because, well, I'll touch on them, but I'm not going to necessarily tell them what to do because if they do it, because I said it, two weeks later they'll stop doing it because they did it for me and not because they had an actual conviction. Make sense? And so we've got, as parents, as young and old, I don't care who you are in this room, we've got to realize that this is a, a full court press right now that we are seeing on planet Earth. Right now in the spirit realm. And if we're not engaged, I promise you, we will be swept away. You, you really will. You can't just go into war sitting there texting and, yeah, we've got some enemies over here and I'm just trying to chill in, just feeding myself. And bullets are flying by you. How many of you know that would not happen in real life war? Not against the phone. Hear what I'm saying. We can't go to sleep right now. Are we getting this? Josh, do we have... I'm going to show a short video, possibly. Just kidding. I'm going to, sh- I'm going to show just a short video, and <clears throat> I, I usually don't do this, but I was so compelled. I didn't want to summarize anything in it because this guy hits on so many, and I thought, you know what, Lord, this is a living room. We're going to sit as a family, watch a quick video, and then I'm going to close with a couple things and, and a time for prayer. Is that good? We good? All right, I got to send this. Give me one second. Do you have yours pulled up to mirror it up there? I just sent it. Okay. But before she starts this video, the reason I'm touching on this, man, now I'm freezing. Sorry. It's like 44 in here. Josh, we get a little fire pit up here, buddy. Um, before, we, before I jump into this video, though, I want to say this really briefly. We're around, I'm around, my staff and I are around. We can turn the air back up to, like, so we all don't die. Um, Remember when the hop was no more? Look at Chris's statue. It's like Narnia. Okay. Um, 
What's that? Nobody's sleeping. I caught y'all sleeping in my sermons. I was like, Josh, put it down to 42. We'll call the air, air conditioning guy later. Josh rigged it and get it below what it can go. <clears throat> Do you have the HDMI plugged into the computer? Yeah, I guess I could just play it on my iPad and rock it. Well, I'll just play it on my iPad through the speaker here. <laughs> Those Gen Zers coming to the rescue. They're like, they can reprogram. Well, let me just say this before we go into it. This is, shh, bring it back in real quick. So I'm going to play, well, we're going to play this regardless because I believe it's really important. But as we go into this, I want you to think about right now, like, he's going to break down some things of what's of a current event that just took place um, and it's, it's centered around music, but what our youth are actually up against? I don't think we know. Like, we kind of know as parents, but the war, I, I, was, I spoke with a leader recently, and he said, Chris, if you don't truly burn before the Lord, with your, your kids are going to get swept away. They really are. And that's not like he, he's in the boogeyman, like, trying to threaten me. No, he's a man of God. If you don't teach your children how to encounter God, I mean, yes, we know the scripture, train a, you know, train a child in the way they should go and they won't depart. But how many of you know training isn't just dropping off to a church? Training isn't just like, well, we should listen to some Christ- Christian music in the car. Training is modeling. Training and discipleship is showing. It's, it's living. And so I truly believe as a community, as we pray about what direction we're going in, there we go, we got it. You may agree or disagree with some of this guy's approach, but I felt like it was critical for us to hear him talk a little bit about this, ties along with what I'm saying, and then I'll close it out. We got it. Do we have it? Do we have audio? Travis Scott, whether you know him or not, I don't know how much he's going to go into it, but I'm going to preface it. He was at one of the most well-known rap artists, one of the darkest. I won't go into it. He's going to talk a little bit about it, but he, I don't know if he's going to mention the fullness of it, I forget what was said, but I just want to preface it with eight people were killed at one of his, like, harvest, not harvest, um, big music festivals that is just, the whole thing was, de- like, demonically charged from the beginning. He's not going, we're not showing any videos, but he's talking, really, he's going to go into the basis of what our, our youth and really what we are as a nation are up against right now so that it is as an awakening purpose. So go ahead, Josh. Hey, friends all over the world, Dr. Keenan here. Listen, I don't have a lot of time to talk about this. I want to talk about it quickly, so you need to pay attention the first time to what I'm going to say. I want to talk about the recent incident at the Travis Scott concert. Many of you know and many of you don't know, Travis Scott is a young African-American rap artist. He's a very successful, very popular, very acclaimed uh, sold millions and millions of, of albums. So, um, but I want to speak on this because I think it's important for us to understand what's happening in the culture. You know, we can't just be in the four walls of the church. We just can't be on the pews. We have to be in the culture. We have to understand what's going on in the culture if we want to reach the loss. Doesn't mean we have to conform to the culture, but we need to be informed about the culture. 
being conformed and being informed are two different things. So I want to talk about this because this is very, very important. So many of you know at this recent Travis Scott concert, several people died. Now that's not necessarily unusual if you have a lot of people at a concert. You know, you can have people that are stampeded in any event where there's a lot of people. But but what's unique about this situation and what's so demonic about it is the content of the concert. He was performing a song called Meet Me on the Other Side or See You on the Other Side. And I want you to understand what's happening. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, what is he talking about? The gates of hell. You know, there's many interpretations of that. You know, uh, we know that he said this at Caesarea Philippi, which was historically a, the place where the pan was seated. Pan was a god worshipped in the first century, the god of revelry, the god of entertainment. Hear this, this is so important. The god of revelry, entertainment. And Pan would play a flute and lead people to destruction, lead them into Hades lead them into the wilderness. This is what is happening right now before our eyes. The music that is being played on TikTok, Instagram, over the radio, many of these songs are actually points of contact that are designed to open up demonic portals to wreak havoc in our society and in our culture. And, and if you listen, you can be one of those Christians that say, oh, it's just a song. It's not all that serious. It's, it's not all that serious. It's just a song. It's not just a song. Songs carry frequencies, and frequencies affect people spiritually. Understand. You got to understand what's happening. There was actually a very famous singer years ago in a, in a multi-platinum group. I won't name the group, but they had a very popular song when I was coming up. And this singer was recently born again. Well, not recently born again. Several years ago, he was born again. And he actually confessed. He confessed that before they released the album, that the record labels brought in witches and warlocks that released a curse over the album that said anybody that listens to this song, any girl that listens to this song will lose her virginity. And they reported that everywhere they went all over the world, that, listen to this, that women would say, I lost my virginity to your song. This is, not, this is real, church. This is real. And if you look at the art, for the concert, if you look at the stage lighting, if you look at the effects, there was an open mouth which had a portal. And, and these little demons were coming through. And I, as he's doing this concert and he's, and he's opening these portals, a spirit of death comes in and people start dying. People start dying. And you say... It doesn't matter what we listen to. You have Christians letting their children, Christians, I'm not talking about people that are in the world. You have born again Christians 
allowing their children to listen to this darkness, to go to sleep playing this music. And then you wonder why your child is dealing with the spirit of deviance. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is not the purpose of this video is to not judge Travis Scott. I don't believe he's a, a, a believer. First Corinthians five says we don't judge the unbeliever. The, the, the God judges those that are without. We judge those who are within. So this is not to try to cast dispersion on him. I'm praying for his salvation. But what I am saying is that there is something happening in the culture. And the enemy is trying to open portals all over America and all over the globe where he can release darkness into the culture. And this is why we need to be Matthew 16 right now. The church, the ecclesia, that the gates, the portals of hell will not prevail. We need to close every portal. A gate is a portal. And we, we have the authority to close portals. We have the authority to shut down the enemy. We're not supposed to be people to just say, well, I don't, I don't know what's going on. No, you should know what's going on. You should know what's happening. And you don't have to listen to the music to know what's going on. All you have to do is be in the spirit and you can sense what's happening. See, when we, when, when they, listen, when they release songs that talk about WAP and, 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 and talk about, um, I'm a savage and you have concerts where there are women, young girls, 13, 14, 15, going to concerts, talking about I'm a savage, talking about WAP and things like this that are promoting a level of deviance in children that we've never, ever seen before. Uh, 10, 11, 12, 13 year old girls talking about their, you know, that they're a savage. A savage means that a woman... <clears throat> That term savage is referring to a woman being a sexual monster or a sexual deviant. Why is a 10-year-old listening to that? It's one thing of a 40-year-old listening to it, that's bad enough. But you got 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds and 12-year-olds dancing to these songs, doing TikTok challenges. And don't be surprised when these kids are battling with a spirit of perversion. So these things are very real. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We are not to be subjected to the dictates of this world. We are not to be controlled by the spirit of this age. We are not to be controlled by the spirit of this age, the spirit of this world. This stuff is real. These songs are being sold by the billions, not even the millions anymore. Billions of songs are being sold all over the world. Look at the, look at the imagery. Look at the imagery. Look at the imagery. You know? That's the spirit of Pan, to release a delusion over the people, to release a seduction over the people, to release a, a witchcraft over the people so that the people willingly march to their destruction. They willingly 
march themselves into darkness. And you have those you have those of us who understand, you know, <clears throat> growing up in Atlanta, we had a very strong music culture. You know, it's debatable how strong it was, but we had a strong music culture. And I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now that this thing is real. I'm telling you, when God had to deliver me as a preteen and teenager from a spirit of depression that I received by listening to hip-hop music. Hip-hop music, Pan plays his flute. That's why, watch this, while people were being trampled to death, the concert was still going on. Isn't that such an interesting picture? Isn't that such an interesting picture of what's happening in the culture? That the culture's being lulled to sleep while people are dying. The show is going on while people are being destroyed. We're bouncing and jamming while families are being totally dismantled from the inside out. And we're doing it in the name of entertainment. This is a demonic spirit. This is not normal or natural. This is a, a demonic spirit. And so we need to pray and we need to stop being spiritually lazy. Let me tell you something. You can't have a seeker-friendly mentality right now. You're not going to be able to stroll up in church whenever you want to with your cup of coffee and sit through it and walk out of the service halfway through. If we keep playing these games and we, we keep playing church, we are going to aid and abet the enemy who is seeking to devour. Those folks did not know that when they were going to that concert, they were going to their death. I guarantee you, when they woke up that morning, they didn't think to themselves, you know what, this is the last day I'm going to be on planet Earth. So church, we need to pray. We need to see God for real, and we need to posture ourselves and intercede for a great awakening in American culture and the culture over the world. And the reason why I say American culture is not because I'm being exclusive. I'm saying American culture because American culture has a tremendous influence over every other culture all over the world. I've been to countries all over the world, and American culture has a tremendous influence. We are global stewards of culture, and what we do and speak and allow influences everybody. And this is why we have to wake up. We have to wake up. We have to pray. We have to intercede. We have to get down on our knees. We have to repent. And that's not just for the parishioners, it's for the preachers. We got to repent. And I'm, I'm saying for me, I repent for every area of compromise and sin and disobedience and spiritual laziness in my life that has given the enemy a foothold. Every area of negligence in my life that has caused the enemy to have access to me or my family or my church community or anybody around me, I take responsibility for that and I repent. We need repentance. Hear this. If hip hop music can open up a demonic portal that ushers in death, I'm gonna close with this. 
what would happen if the church through prayer, intercession, repentance, and true worship, could it be possible that that could open up a portal to release heaven on earth? Think about that. Share this with somebody. Probably should have warned you, parents. Sorry, that was a little weighty. I didn't think about that till I kind of started it. So if you're mad at me, I'm sorry. Um, that was a little intense. But I wanted, I, I do believe, obviously, that was, I, I, th I think we needed to see it. Because I could have told you about it. But this guy has been walking, like, I respect this dude a lot. I see his videos every once in a while. And he just stands against culture. And he's a, he's a, kingdom guy just loves Jesus as you can see and is a is a no mess around guy and so he's still on <laughs> I was like someone's here talking to me it's either an angel or that guy talking all right here we go so I'm going to close this with this second Corinthians 10 verse 3 for though we live in the world we do not wage war as the world does. We're not doing this the way the world does it. The weapons we fight, we are not with the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. I want you to get that. Notice how he said at the end, if they can be literally calling out darkness that are taking people's lives that are totally literally blinding the next generation to go off the deep end why in the world do we not why are we not awake that's why he said that like jesus you know the, the representation in that in uh, john or matthew 25 the dude that buried is like oh, i'm good you know is what it is you know everything's fine I'm, I'm not sure how god you know blah 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 he called him a wicked and lazy servant and I find it interesting, he uses the words lazy. Am I being spiritually lazy? To realize that this is a, very, this is a war, and the, the devil wants us to delist from the war. Do you do realize that? Because we will be trampled. You want to be like the sons of Sceva, go for it. I don't. I want it to be like when powers of principalities and whatever are talking, Chris is there, we can't do that. Because... Greater is the Holy Spirit in him than any, we can't go near because Chris knows his authority, right? <laughs> so I want us to understand we're not swinging little, little jackknives in the spirit. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. Do you all hear that? Demolish, which means to do fully away with, to totally take out. We demolish, and then he says this, Paul's saying, now we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Every high, lofty thought, anything that stands in who we know is God, we demolish it. Like he said, we're not judging this dude, Travis Scott. We're not being like, he's such an idiot. He's of the world. No, he's doing what sinners do and he's anointed to do it in a sinful way. The dude has a gift, and he's submitted it to the, to the evil one, and as a result, he's bringing people down that very portal, if you will. But on the flip side, what are we doing, right? Are we burying it, or are we investing it and saying, I'm all in? And we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ, and we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience 
we've got to get to a place in the spirit to realize that we're enlisted. Saying yes to Jesus means a few things. One, you're now a son. Yes, daughters, you're a son. Number two, because you've been brought in the family. Number two, you're now part of the bride because he's a bridegroom and he's coming. Yes, dudes, you're part of the bride. You're a bride. It's all symbolic, yes. And then number three, you're a priest, which means you're there to stand before the Lord and minister to him. And like he was just talking about, in interceding on behalf of a lost generation. If those three identities of sonship, being the bride and priesthood are out of whack, we won't really know how to stand because we'll just realize, man, things are really dark. It's like, you ever turn the, the morning news on? It is the most depressing thing. I'm like, I literally saw it the other day and I was like, this is troubling. Like, I just felt like lies were being spewed through the TV. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. This, like, majority of what's being said is just straight propaganda. It's not reporting. And I'm not talking about a left versus a right. It's a spirit that we have to understand. And that spirit, how many of you know, will get on you if you allow it to open. The devil roars around like a lion looking, Second Peter, looking for, to devour anything he can. So should we be afraid being like, the devil's coming. Oh, no, no. I hear people like afraid of the devil. It's like, no, you've been covered. You've been set apart and you've been washed and you are protected by him. So my question is, what are we doing? This isn't like, I know this sounds intense. I feel like we're sitting down at the 50-yard line right now at halftime. But what are, literally, but what are we doing? What side are we on? Because right now, if we choose to just kind of cruise through it and just enjoy life and just try to be a good person, the next generation, who whether you have kids or not, if you have kids, they're part of it, will be swept away. The stories that I hear from school, and some of you probably hear, troubling is not even the right word. Sin unchecked for the next 10 years, what will the 10-year-old look like at 20? Telling you, but check this out. What will a 10-year-old set apart by the Lord in his house look like at 20? We got a showdown coming, y'all. It's not us versus them. It's good versus evil. What side are you on? The ones that invest are full of faith. The ones that bury it are full of fear. We've got to get out of fear. You get baptized with the fear of the Lord, you'll have a ton of faith. We make decisions with our head. It's, it's just not a good place to be. We miss out on everything God wants to do because we're, we're self-preserved trying to protect ourselves. I'm not even talking about just money, guys. I'm talking about decision-making and what will they think about me. And We've got to get out of our heads. We've got to get out of our heads. Because there's a generation that's longing right now for our attention to come back and say, someone, someone show me the way. <clears throat> so I'm going to pray. Josh, you mind just, is it possible for you to play just for a minute as we close? As, I, as, we, as we land this thing, I, I really believe... Um, This is opportunity to draw the line and really have that conversation at home, have the re-up. If you make it about, as a kid, a lot of times, you know, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand. Like, parents, talk to your kids about the spiritual war. It's real. 
my kids know all about angels and demons because it's, it's very real. There's war over their lives. Parents, don't, if you get, I'm just going to say, and anybody in this room, well, the doctor said this, and the doc, and I, listen, I'm all for, I appreciate medicine. It saves lives every day. You get a prognosis or diagnosis or whatever about what's happening, you're either on his team or you're not. If you're on his team, that means you've been given the fire of God in you to go, to go change what's happening. Every greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So when your kid wakes up and they're tormented at night, it's like game on. Not, you're ruining my sleep. It's like, no, I'm about to drop the hammer right now. Whatever's happening, God, what's happening right now? I want to know what's going on because there's no devil that's going to torment my kid. And I'm not mad at, I'm not even, it's like, the devil's just doing, like, yeah, I don't like the devil, but like, we've got to get past the, why is this happening? It's happening because he hates you. And it's happening because God's building something in you to stand against something that's happening in our nation and the nations of the earth. And if you don't take a stand now, you're going to get trampled. And I'll get trampled. I don't want that. I want, I'm going to teach my children to be like, it feels like there's a demon in the room, but you know what? My God's greater, so whatever's going on right now, we're going to raise our voices in the name of, like, that should be just the natural thing. Let's not wait for, to be, for them to be 25 addicted and falling away. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I, I've seen so many of my friends go down that direction, and I'm like, oh, now they're coming back. I appreciate it. a lot of them come back, but how many of you know they don't have to fall away? The next generation can actually know him from birth. But it starts with us, it really does, to be set apart in our neighborhoods, in our places we live. It's time to open our eyes. I was driving my grandmother's vehicle the other day at the Honda dealership. I got it washed for her. <clears throat> I was pulling out. I probably felt dull would be a, I was tired. I was just rocking. Pulling out here and these dudes pull up. They're in like this nice <clears throat> Honda and I was like, you know, I just kind of looked quick, and then all of a sudden I'm getting into my car, and I, you ever have one of those, like, hmm, something, something's there. It's just like the Lord just kind of, you know, right? You just kind of stop you up. If you don't get that, ask for it. And all of a sudden I look up, and there's this two young dude, Hispanic dude, probably, you know, he's probably young 20s, thinking like late teens. And I just said, you know, here I am. <laughs> I just don't care anymore. I really don't. I'm sitting the old Honda CRV windows down. I was like, hey, you. It's like, come here. His buddy turned like, who's this cat looking, calling you out? And the lady's like, we have a problem? I'm like, no, 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 we're good. We're good. Just come here real quick. I need to talk to you. He comes over. All I know is I need to, t- I need to t- tell him who he is. That's it. I don't really know what to say. And I just start telling him who he is and who he's not. He looks at me like a deer in headlights. He's like, bro, do you realize Some guy just came up at the gym last week and told me the same thing. They're waiting. I go to my staff meeting the next week, and I tell my staff, L.A. Fitness, L.A. Fitness in Port St. Lucie. This is in Stewart. That guy was Mike sitting back there, right here. Turn around, the guy in the blue shirt that you see was Mike. That Mike and I didn't collaborate and be like, hey, there's going to be this young, good-looking Hispanic dude is going to pull up and, like, you need a prophet. No! It was like, I just saw him. I was like, oh, he's a Lord, you want him right now. I need to tell him. It's probably the same thing you felt, right? It wasn't some, like, 
It's time to evangelize. Like, get the sword out, get your scriptures and go. It's like, no, go be a flame. We got to be a flame. Because the world is waiting and they're going to hell. And how many of you know that kid was like, I don't know what happened, but, but everywhere he goes, good luck. I mean, I'll just like say good luck. I don't believe in luck, but good luck, bud. Like, you're done. God's hunting you down because he's called you. But how many people are waiting to be called and told who they are? Because guess what? When that, those things happen, 1 Corinthians 14, Paul's like, listen, praying in tongues is great. Do it. I do it more than all y'all. It's better to prophesy because in a public setting, the unbeliever is going to know that I'm real, that God's real. We've, if we want to release heat, we got to get in the fire because you can't get hot because that's why people don't want religion anymore. And God, it's like, I don't blame you, brother, for walking away from the church. I don't walked away a long time ago after hearing some of these stories. It's because there's no God in it. It's a, it's a big old empty you know, steeple, and I'm like, oh, barf. Like, no, I would never want to be a part of it. And God's doing the same thing. He's vomiting the same thing out of his mouth because he wants nothing to do with it. So as, as we heard this video, it's like, what are we going to be? We can't, if we're asleep, we've got to wake up. If you, got a dead, if, you, if you have a limb in your body that you wake up at night and it's asleep, what do you start doing with it, right? Like your arm, you're like, oh, gosh, this feels really weird. You're shaking that sucker out. You're like, I got to get my feeling back. It's time to shake off the numbness. Amen? God, we love you. Thank you that you chose us. It wasn't our idea. It was yours because you wanted a bride to set apart your sons and daughters to stand before you as priests, to take every ounce of what's been given and to invest it back into you for you to breathe on it for us to be everything we've been created to be in Christ Jesus. So I ask right now for the power of the Holy Spirit to rest on us, to stand as sons and daughters in a generation where it's really wicked. I thank you that there's no sense of cringing because we don't have to cringe. We get to go be something. And I pray as we go today, God, I ask for an activation of light in our spirit that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would rip off the dullness in this room and as believers across the coast, God, we ask that there'd be a holy activation in the name of Jesus to be awake to what you're saying and doing, to decipher errors and lies that we hear, <clears throat> whether it's news, whether it's people just talking, but to stand in the counsel of the Lord and to carry the word of the Lord. And so I pray, God, fresh awakening right now in Jesus' name and concerning, God, this property for the days ahead. I ask God, everything that you want to fulfill to bring in the next generation, release it right now. We ask that you begin to release it right now. Show us what the future looks like for this four and a quarter acres and beyond, all throughout the coast, God, to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, God. So today as we go, put fresh fire into our beings. God, I pray that you'd mark the next generation. <laughs> These kids all throughout the very kids in this room and, and, and our kids that aren't here, and God, all across the Treasure Coast and up and down the state of Florida, God, we ask for a divine marking, for, for an interception in the Spirit as these kids fill their ears with straight lies. I pray that you would come and make a better way and show them. I ask that for conviction on parents to be set apart, God, to not just play games at church and just try to get their kid in a good youth group so everything will be okay. God, I ask that parents would be living flames of fire for you, God, that they would actually be an example, that you'd return it for what it was created to look like. Help us 
in our weakness. Help us, God. We, we need your help as parents, as grandparents. I ask that we would burn and make your name known. God, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name.